What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and boy, am I glad to be right here at this desk with this microphone talking to you about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A lot of you guys have been saying, Ron, 2023 season is over. We're done with the redraft, and I'm here in front of you to talk about Dynasty. We are going to kick off the season with my five must-buy-low trade targets for the month of February with a little bit of a twist we'll get into after the intro. So with all that being said, if you enjoy, make sure you down below, subscribe, leave a like, let's go. Now the twist here is we are going to be incorporating Underdog Fantasy's big board contest. Now, of course, if you haven't already, make sure you check them out. Underdog Fantasy, use promo code Ron. They will match your first deposit all the way up to $100 when you join. You have drafts, you have pickums, you can do stuff for the Super Bowl, you can do college basketball, you have golf. I have a buddy right now who put $100 into the hole-in-one golf contest, and he's sitting in first place right now, so shout out to Riley. But make sure you check that out. Links will be in the description, comment section, all of that good stuff. But they have the big board out. The big board is $10 to enter, $200,000 to first place, but it's redraft, right? So it's the 2024 fantasy season. And why that's so important for us in Dynasty is because we all have these sort of, you know, we're sort of jaded by the end of the season and we have these biases and we have the shiny new toy bias where, you know, everyone wants to go out there and buy your Chase Browns of the world and buy your, you know, Jordan Loves, these guys who shiny, exciting, young players, but we can look at redraft ADP and what that's going to tell us is, who's actually going to score points in 2024. It's kind of the wisdom of the crowds, right? You know, when you put your money down, $10 down, who are you drafting to score points for your fantasy team? And that's what we're getting here. Now, I will say, I forgot to mention the Super Bowl promos for Underdog Fantasy. So when you check out Underdog Fantasy, make sure you check them out. First of all, if you're just on Underdog Fantasy in general, they are airdropping a million dollars to everybody, which is just absolutely insane. I don't know how this, I don't know how they have the budget for it, but Starting in a couple days, they're just going to be dropping money in your account randomly. So if you just have an underdog account, be on the lookout for that. If not, and you're new, check out Underdog Fantasy promo code Ron. It'll be in the description. All of that. If you're new, you will have a higher Patrick Mahomes 0.5 total yards waiting for you in the Pick'em Lobby. Super easy. 0.5 total yards is a freebie, essentially. But what I did here, and this will be available to you guys in the comment section. I'll make sure I pin this, okay? Out of the kindness of my heart, I put together the uh, ADP. For underdog fantasy, so you can see this is the ADP, this is redraft ADP, and then we have the fantasy calc rank. So where these players rank on fantasy calc. Now fantasy calc is a dynasty platform where it takes into account thousands of trades and it makes rankings based off of that. It makes trade values, which I have here, but it's just easier to sort of hide them. And what I did is I took the difference, right? So fantasy calc versus your underdog rank, and then divided by so you can get your value. And you can kind of sort of you know look around, see who are the best value, like Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley. See who's the best value, the best difference, all of that. You can come to your own conclusions, but today our five trade targets are going to be based off who I think are the best values in terms of looking at the redraft market, players that the public think are going to score points in 2024, that the dynasty community is underrating. Because right now, all this buzz, senior bowl, we're going to have combine coming up. Rookie picks are the crown jewel right now. And these veterans that are going to give you points in 2024, you can now reload on your contenders for the cheap right now. Every veteran right now, out of sight, out of mind, the cheapest they are going to come between now and the NFL draft. Once we start looking to 2024, the veterans go right back up in prices, so now is the time to buy. So with that being said, our first 
buy low trade candidate. This one's not a buy low. The rest of them are. This one's a little bit of a buy high, but I really like Devin Achan. This is somebody we liked as a rookie. We were telling everyone draft him. We had him as like a late first. And here's what is crazy to me. He is, you can see here, this is the underdog ADP right here. He is going in the second round, the 17th pick as the RB7 off the board. On Fantasy Calc, which is Dynasty, he is going off the board, or not off the board, but he is ranked 30th as the RB9. So he is 30th in Dynasty as the RB9. He is cheaper in Dynasty than he is redraft, which is bonkers to me. Because again, not again really, but this is a guy who is going into his second year and just finished as the RB5 in points per game. So when you put two and two together, young running back, 17-plus points per game in his first season, you would think he would be more expensive in Dynasty, right? Like, Bijan Robinson, more expensive in Dynasty. Jameer Gibbs, more expensive in Dynasty. As guys that have the pedigree, did well in year one, but they're sort of like pedigree, their prospects is kind of propping them up. That's not the case for Devin A. Chan. I think it's a lot of people that don't like his up-and-down scoring, his durability issues. I think a lot of people are going to say, well, Ron, this is redraft. That's why he's pushed up there because the spike weeks are going to be important. All of that. Well, guess what? The spike weeks are going to be important in your dynasty league. And you're never going to be like ripping your hair out with the start set decision with Devin A. Chain in a dynasty league. Most of us are playing in, you know, 12 teams, start 10, start 11 leagues with like three flex spots. At no point are you deciding between Devin A. Chain and someone on your bench. You have a deep enough bench that you can withstand the zeros and his big games are going to sort of push you over the edge in dynasty so i don't mind leaning in to the up and down nature of devin hn right like you can see the game logs here of course you know like a 50 50 bomb 28 22.5 he sits out till the bye week 25 12 he rips off 24.7 at the end 13.1 at the end i know it's all over the place but we've we've talked about this before in off seasons that the up and down nature of fantasy football is a bit under or is a bit overstated most games that you win in fantasy football are blowouts you need those big games you're going to have a deep enough lineup in dynasty so that if he gives you a zero it's not going to be the end of the world so i already don't really mind the game log stuff he only hit over 50 percent of his snaps three times this year he wasn't even the featured back and he was a top five running back in points per game on top of that we have a little bit of a tweet here from curtis patrick shout out curtis patrick i think he's the owner of rotoviz or one of the founders and this wasn't like a profound tweet or anything, but just comparing HN to Gibbs. And he shows expected points per game, which is just based on your volume, carries, red zone looks, targets, all of that. How many points per game should you have? Gibbs was at 15, so the RB9. HN was at 10.8, the RB35. And usually that would be a warning sign for me, right? This is a player thriving on efficiency, not volume. Efficiency is not sticky year to year. Volume is sticky year to year chase the volume well the issue with that especially with running backs is you end up chasing guys like Nashi Harris and you end up chasing guys that are more compilers than they are talented running backs and we're seeing an archetype right now with your James Cooks of the world with your Jameer Gibbs right now uh with your before uh he got hurt you had of course Keaton Mitchell was looking good there's a lot of these running backs this year where smaller efficiency type of backs who aren't these workhorses have been great for fantasy football. And that's why I'm not all that scared by the size or the low volumes. I think this is one of the most talented backs in the league. And in Dynasty, I want to bet on that talent. This is a guy, we look here, he had a higher points per game than Jameer Gibbs despite having that low of volume. I, I think that this is going to be a career low in terms of his volume here as well. Points over expectation, 6.7. That's huge. He was efficient 
But it's not like he was efficient on the back of like, you know, just punching in touchdowns in the end zone as the goal line back. He was efficient on these like crazy long runs and being really fast and super explosive. The, he breaks every chart. Every chart out there where you chart running back efficiency metrics, he breaks Devin HN. This is a EPA per rush and it's a why is it sort of cut off here? Uh, rushing yards over expected. So EPA per rush is just how much are you impacted in the game, getting first downs, moving the chain, scoring touchdowns. Rushing yards over expected is just, you know, based on what's blocked for you, how much are you getting above that. And he blows everyone out of the water. And there's good running backs in the top right, right? You have like Kyron, McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Warren, Khalil Herbert, James Conner. Pacheco's in that top right quadrant. So is Jameer Gibbs. The the chart in my eyes checks out. So seeing Devin Achan there, it just goes to show how talented he is. Uh, that is a chart from uh, PFF. And then on top of that, we have this. This is from uh, David Zach on Twitter, I believe. It should be, uh, I hope that he has his at somewhere on this. But you can see here, this is yards created over expected per attempt. So let's adjust for offensive line yards, defensive stacked box percentage, yards before and after contact, adjust for line yards, volume. It adjusts for everything. And even there, he is breaking it again. He is ahead of your McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, James Conner, all of that. Across the board, I think he has like the best yards per carry season of all time for a running back uh, with over 100 carries. He is, in my eyes, he has an opportunity to be the next Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson, smaller back, hyper-efficient type of guy. This is somebody who wasn't even the number one running back on his team, right? Raheem Mostert was ahead of him. Raheem Mostert scored more fantasy points than him. And even still, he was the RB5 in points per game, which to me blows me away that he could do that pretty much off of the back of his efficiency, his speed, all of that. And he is now, when I go into my database and we look for historical comps for Devin Achan, we go running backs that are 200 pounds or less at the combine. This is your list. He is one of five running backs listed at 200 pounds or less at the combine to have a top five point per game running back season. It is LaShawn McCoy, Ray Rice, Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson. Those are your four. So to me, that looks pretty good, right? I mean, like those are, that is the best of the best. That is the crop that he is in there with now of course none of them are below 190 but that's you start working with such a small sample size that I think it would be unfair to call him you know I guess you could say Garrett Wolf or Lorenzo Booker or Dexter McCluster he's already superseded those expectations based on his weight so to me this is a fair comp class to even being even even below that uh CJ Spiller Steve Slayton Jameer Gibbs Javid Best all had fine years in the NFL I've talked about it before but Javid Best would have been an absolute monster if it wasn't for concussions uh, and then James Cook and Ronnie Hillman as like super, super low, uh, low end comps. But for me, Devin Achan, I think deserves to be in that upper echelon of small, efficient running backs. This is somebody who could go down as fantasy hall of famer, like a Jamal Charles, like we've seen in the past. He is an absolute monster, Devin Achan. And on top of that, I'm more than fine betting against Raheem Mostert. His only running backs under contract on this offense, I believe for Raheem Mostert, potentially Jeff Wilson, not really scared of Jeff Wilson. And with Raheem Mostert, I get that he was great this year, right? He scored all those touchdowns. He scored 21 touchdowns. This is a guy over nine seasons has only played 10 or more games three times. He has only finished in the top 12. Not, not He's only finished in the top 24 in points per game once, and it was last year. So I will bet on his health deteriorating like it has, what, six out of nine seasons. I would bet that he doesn't finish in the top 12 again like he didn't in the previous eight seasons that he's been playing at the age of 32 at this point so I'm fine being against him I'm not all that scared of Raheem Mostert and even still we saw this year Mike McDaniel such a genius schemer that he still got HN points with Raheem Mostert healthy in this offense I trust McDaniel I like HN moving forward I think that 
where he's at in Dynasty is a little bit overblown just based on the up and down nature of his play. I think that he is one of the most talented young running backs in the NFL. And I want to bet on that every single time. Now, I do want to say, you'll see me. I'm usually not in the market of buying running backs, but HN's one of the few uh, where I don't want to buy, let's say, I don't know, like you look around, I'm trying to think of like the running backs right now, like Derrick Henry's like a sixth round pick in Dynasty or no, maybe he's more like a seventh or eighth, but those like fifth, sixth round guys, I'm not really in the business of buying, right? Like a, a, a Pacheco in like the fifth round of a Dynasty league. But HN to me makes a lot of sense going into year two. I think he's undervalued. And he's going to have some insulation where he's young enough to still be an elite asset. Like you're not just paying for production, you're paying for production and Dynasty value with HN. So I like the idea you're buying a young player who's also, like we just said, a second round pick in redraft. So he's going to help you on a contender. He's really a team where I, I could see as well if you are a uh, productive struggle and you're trying to turn your chips in, push the chips in and go for it in 2024. I think HN's a nice buy as well on top of, you know, a more veteran play like an Aaron Jones late or something among those lines. I think HN makes a lot of sense because he's going to help you win this year while also being young. So he's not going to be somebody who gives you a top 12 finish and then his value goes to zero. I think HN's a nice investment for teams trying to compete, but sort of splitting the difference where you don't have to go out there and buy, you know, you don't, you don't have to go out there and strap together an Alvin Kamara, uh, Aaron Jones, RB1 and RB2. I think that you can pay up for HN. And in terms of the price, let me know how you guys feel about this. We did this in the redraft season. Uh, I don't know how much you guys are going to like this, but we'll do it for now. Let me know how you feel about this, but I think it's good still to sort of look through what he's trading for, right? This is uh, Fantasy Calc right now. Uh, search over. These are millions of real fantasy football trades from Sleeper, wherever. We have it set to Dynasty, Superflex, 12-teamer, 0.5, and 1 full PPR. Let's do 2 to 5 assets in the trade here. And we can kind of see what we like. London for HN, I would do that all day. Uh... I'm going to roster for HN and a first. That one's tough. I would do a first. Any first. Now, I will say, I don't love I don't love trading any firsts right now. Firsts are only going to go up in value. Uh, I will say, if I could buy him for any first outside of the top seven picks, if I could do like 108 in a second and get HN or like 108 and I could add a running back from... If I could do like 108 and Chase Brown for HN, I don't know if, how possible that is. But you get what I'm saying? And I don't even really hate Chase Brown. I just feel like there's some buzz... Uh, around Chase Brown right now, so I wouldn't uh, hate that. I also don't mind, like, I would do Debo Shutter for HN as well. Again, we don't know what those picks are. I like Nico Collins, but if I could, if I had like an abundance of wide receivers, I don't mind cashing out of Nico Collins for HN. Uh, I would take HN over Kyron Williams all day just because HN, I just think he's a more talented running back. I think Kyron's a little bit more dependent on his scheme there. What else sticks out? Random 25 first, I would take HN over all day long. Does anything else stick out? Curtis Samuel and Kyron Williams. Yeah, if I could do something like this where I can trade out my Kyron for A-Chan and, you know, add some junk in there. Like, if I could do, like, A-Chan and a third for my Kyron in a second, I would do that as well. Uh, Andrews for A-Chan, that one's closer. It would really depend on what I had at tight end. Let's say if it was a team like I had Andrews and McBride, I'd have no issue doing Andrews for A-Chan, uh, if that makes sense. I don't hate as well. If I had, like, three or four quarterbacks and Bryce Young wasn't a guy that was going to make my lineup, I don't mind jumping off the Bryce Young train. Uh, by getting A-Chan uh, in these streets. Now, moving on to our next player, following the same theme of guys who are more sought after in underdog, in redraft, than they are in dynasty. And this one's going to shock you. These first two aren't necessarily, like, you're going to expect, like, old, dusty guys like you showed at the beginning, you know, like your Devontae Adams and stuff. This is not one. And it's Jaden Reed. This one absolutely shocked me when I saw it. But you can see here, Jaden Reed... 
he is, in terms of redraft ADP, he is behind Zay Flowers, but ahead of Jordan Addison. I think you'd be shocked by, because this is somebody who is clearly a tier or two behind Addison and Flowers when it comes to dynasty rankings. So when we talk about dynasty, right now, Jaden Reed on Fantasy Calc is ranked 69 as the wide receiver 30. In redraft, he is 52nd as the wide receiver 31. So a similar wide receiver ranking, but they're pushing him up, making him a priority as an early fifth round pick in a redraft league, which to me is a pretty expensive price for a guy like Jaden Reed until you look into the numbers a little bit more. I think, especially when we did the, uh, I did like a redraft in the 2023 class video a few weeks ago, and I had him a full tier behind your like Rashi Rice, JSN, all of them. Now, to be honest, after doing research for this video, I think you can put him right in that same tier. That Like, just looking back since 2020, when we look at rookie wide receiver scoring, he is the wide receiver seven in between CeeDee Lamb, Chase Claypool, Amon Ross St. Brown. He had more points per game, Jaden Reed, than Rashi Rice, Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers last year. He was behind just Tank Dell in this 2023 class, wide receiver eight on the whole thing, ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown, ahead of Chris Olave. He had a really strong year. I don't think people really, I don't think it really has clicked what Jaden Reed really did this year. Again, most points per game in this class behind just Tank Dell. Now, on top of that with Jaden Reed, I did some rookie comps. So this is where I dive into my database. I do some filtering from PFF grade. I do some filtering for points per game, pretty much like up or down about 25% yards per out run. And he did great across the board. 76 PFF grade, anything over 75 is solid. 13.6 uh, year one points per game is amazing. That was more than what Amon Ross St. Brown had. And then you have 2.05 yards per out run. That's also an amazing number. When you put them in this list, it's a lot of really good players, man. Uh, I also did his RS grade is silver, right? That's not great. For these RS grades, this is my prospect uh, grading system where it's legendary, elite, gold, silver, bronze. I cut it to just gold, silver, bronze, right? So he's silver, up to gold, down to bronze. And it's a really good group, man. It's Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Cup, Jarvis, Amon Ross St. Brown, Debo, Juju, Ayuk. Then you get to like Calvin Benjamin, Jordan Matthews. I even think, like to me, I think Christian Kirk is kind of his floor. You have Christian Watson, Chase Claypool, uh, Mike Williams in there as well, but he's not that same like big physical receiver. I think some good like play style comps for him or stylistic comps for him would be a Christian Kirk, though he's not that much of a slot guy. But you know that same undersized dynamic type wide receiver. Uh, you could also put like a Debo in there. Like Jaden Reed did take some carries. I wouldn't put him in that same. You know he's not a bowling ball uh, per se. You could also say like a Diggs as well when it comes to Jaden Reed. So there's a lot of really really exciting. Uh, comps on that list. And then we can also go to my year two point per game projection model, where this takes into account your prospect grade. So it takes into, into account how good you were as a prospect, it takes into account your year one points per game, yards per out run, your passing offense, how many targets you commanded. And here, he is the, now excuse my kit, my chicken uh, scratch. All right, just please, please. It happens to the best of us. But when we look at where these 2023 rookie wide receivers rank in terms of my year two point per game projection model. So this is just taking into your year one. How good were you in year one? How good should you be moving forward is essentially what it does. And it's, it's a pretty decent list, right? You have Jefferson, Chase, Brown, Waddle, Wilson, Metcalf, Devante, Ridley, CeeDee Lamb. Like to me, that, the, that makes sense, right? Like this list to me sort of checks out. And when we go here, I put next to them their rank on fantasy count, right? So like what their ranking is in Dynasty. And we have Puka Nakua, wide receiver 6. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 22. Jordan Addison, wide receiver 20. Rashi Rice, wide receiver 23. Jaden Reed, wide receiver 30. Tank Dell, wide receiver 15. JSN, wide receiver 18. Which, by the way, 
That is absurd. But it just goes to show Jaden Reed is the only guy on this list not ranked in the top 24 dynasty wide receivers, even though his stats say he should be in this group of Rashi Rice, Tank Dell, JSN, Zay Flowers, all of these guys, but he's still valued a full tier below. And to, to go one step above that, and to be fair, I was not high on Jaden Reed coming out of school. I did not like Jaden Reed coming out of school. I thought that he wasn't a great prospect. You go back, you look back at, I think that he was at uh, Michigan State for a little bit. He did really well there. Uh, there's some things you can sort of pick out with his profile that stand out. But with Jaden Reed, there is a lot to like in terms of what he did in year one. And we've always done this. We've always pivoted. I, I wasn't a big fan of Brandon Ayuk in year one. Completely pivoted. We've been on Brandon Ayuk since that year one breakout. Same with Amon Ross St. Brown. A lot of these guys. Jaden Reed is the next guy that I'm pivoting on. On top of that, on top of all of this, him having better points game than everyone not named Tank Dell in this class. He wasn't even a full-time wide receiver this year. He wasn't. He was at 63% of the routes this year. You can see this from the utilization report on my fantasy life. I'm looking for a water. I'm, I'm losing my voice a little bit here. It's been a little bit. been a little bit since we did one of these fellas this one's gonna run long too I got a lot of notes but regardless he's doing all of this on just 63 percent of the routes man which is the craziest thing because next year he's going to probably be a full route participant and have that year two jump Jaden Reed I would be very excited for moving forward somebody I would absolutely have trust in I also love that they have Jordan Love who's ascending he had 32 touchdowns 11 picks last year 4,700 yards and Matt LaFleur has never had an offense score less than the 15th most points in the NFL. This offense is kind of, it's kind of a, uh, what do you want to call it? What, what the hell do they call it? It's like a uh, S&P 500 or something. You know what, you guys know what I'm saying. It's it's not a gold standard, but it's a stock. I will always bet in a Matt LaFleur offense is what I'm trying to say here, right? Just bear with me. Um, but when we look at what Jaden Reed is trading for here, it's not too, too expensive. When we look here, let's see it. Let's get this thing out of the way. You can see here, let's actually, let's put it down to four in terms of the assets in the trade. Mingo in a second. I mean, come on, dude. Mingo in a second all day for Jaden Reed. I don't care what that second is. Um, I would trade it. Pittman in a third. I don't think I would. Ty J Spears for Jaden Reed. I would do that all day. I know people are going crazy for Ty J Spears. I'm absolutely fine making a move like that. Um, I don't know what this first is. It depends. If this was like a first inside of the top seven, and this was like a one twelve, I think I would debate it. Actually, I would hundred. If this was the if this was like the one hundred five and the one twelve, I would. Uh, Levis and McLaurin. I can't get there. Any any second in any class for Jaden Reed, I would do. I would even do two seconds for Jaden Reed. Uh, Rashad White for Jaden Reed. That one's close. I probably prefer Rashad White. Sutton and Amari Cooper. I'd call that one about even. Man, if I if this was the 108 or later, if this was the 108 or later, I could get I, I could get there. Where like let's say it's the let's say it's like the 110 and Jahan Dotson for Jaden Reed and the 205, uh, I would do that all day long. James Cook or Jaden Reed, I probably take Jaden Reed over James Cook, uh, regardless of where these picks end up. Uh, again, I would do the Ty J Spears thing. I think Deshaun gets close. Waddle in a third for Reed in a first. Again, if it's a top seven, I would probably do it. Uh, anything else stick out? Daniel Jones for Jaden Reed, I would do that all day. Two seconds, again, I would do that all day. Um, 
Pacheco for Jaden Reed, I would also do that uh, with or without fan. Who really cares? Now, after that, our third must-buy trade target based on underdog ADP is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Who would have thought in the year of 2024, I'd be telling you guys to buy DeAndre Hopkins, but I looked at the numbers. I, I honestly, this guy was a, Hopkins was a late add to this list. I did not think that Hopkins, I, I thought Hopkins was probably washed at this point. But if you do remember, he had some good games with Levis, but it was just like, eh, whatever. But you look into it, and I think I think Hopkins still got it, man. Now, of course, he's going to be ranked more in redraft, right? Those first two are ones that are anomalies to me, where guys heading into year two who crushed it in year two are somehow cheaper in Dynasty than they are in redraft. These are more... Reed and, Reed and A-Chan are really more buys for... I would say Reed is a buy for anybody. A-Chan's a buy for anybody looking to compete in 2024. Now... After that, we're going to get to your, these are your dusty veterans that you buy on contenders for the cheap. Let's say you have like a late second. I think you could probably do that for DeAndre Hopkins, like a late second. If you're like a contender, let's say you like won last year, you have the 212. You, could, you might be able to do the 212 for DeAndre Hopkins on a team that like just wants to get rid of their veterans, especially right now. People are going crazy. Not even just for rookie picks, but just like youth in general. You know what I mean? So with DeAndre Hopkins, he is going at pick 78 as the wide receiver 40 in redraft. In Dynasty, he is the 119th ranked player on Fantasy Calc and the wide receiver 47. So again, cheaper in Dynasty. Now, with Hopkins, we pull back the layers a little bit. I don't think he's as washed as some might think. On a per route basis here, these are his stats in 23, 22, 21, 2020, and 2019. He had career. He had a five-year high in targets per route run. He's still commanding targets on a high, uh, high percentage of his routes. 26.3% target per route run. Really good number. Then you move over to yards per route run. It was just his second time over two yards per route run since 2020. Now, there is something to be said. The Titans do run a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of run-heavy sets, a lot of uh, jumbo. So when there's not a lot of wide receivers in the formation, it's going to spike up your yards per run and your targets per run. But I still do think that he is good, right? He was getting open. He was making plays. And his points per game was at a five-year low. But he, he was in an offense with 180 passing yards per game. That is a brutal, brutal situation to produce fantasy points in, uh, as you can see by the points per game, right? His best points per game were in years where he had 235 passing yards per game or more. Now, when we go even deeper than that, we have ESPN tracking data, ESPN analytics. I'm not a huge fan of the receiver model, but I think it is at least useful where if they're going to have the same process for every single wide receiver to compare wide receivers to their previous seasons. And when we look here, he had an 82 open score. So that's just the score. Uh, they have tracking data. How often are you getting open? You know, burning corners, finding pockets, all of that. He had the same open score as his 18 point per game season in 2019 with Houston. That is his highest over the last five years, 59 overall, not great. Like his catch wasn't great. His yak is obviously going to go down. His catch score went down, but I think that's a little bit more uh, accuracy issues with either Levis or Tannehill, whoever was in there this year. So to me, I think Hopkins still has got it, man, or still has it. Like, again, those target power run numbers, those yards power run numbers, that open score, I still do think that he's good. And again, he's like virtually free. Uh, and then on top of that with Hopkins, we get Levis, which I love betting on Will Levis. Like this is almost like a compound bet because if Levis has a breakout year Hopkins likely does well next year and this is a really cool chart from Kevin Cole unexpected points formerly of PFF he has like a model that takes into account I don't know it takes into account probably like EPA and please percentage over expectation it's a quarterback model based on your rookie year what's your outlook moving forward and he has Will Levis almost on par with Anthony Richardson uh, as a pro right so Stroud laps them all that red bar 
But when you get to like the 90th percentile, that's like that final one is the likelihood that this quarterback plays at a 90th percentile franchise quarterback level. And Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are, aren't quite level, but they're in the same area, right? Where like Bryce Young is a complete lost cause on this table. You at least have Will Levis fighting right there with Anthony Richardson. So to me, I think that there is hope here. Now, on top of that, we can expect, right, a big reason why Hopkins wasn't good last year is that team passing yards per game, 180.4. That is absolutely brutal. But now, bring in new coach, Brian Callahan. He was the offensive coordinator for the Bengals from 2019 through 2023, four seasons. And we look at the neutral pass frequency, which is where it's not garbage time, it's early downs. Brian Callahan, third in the NFL here. You can see behind just the Chiefs and the Bills in neutral pass rate, and the Titans were all the way dead last. Now, there is some merit in saying, well, Zach Taylor might have ran this offense. That might not be Brian Callahan's offense. But what I would say to that is, first of all, the Titans ran out Mike Vrabel. It seems like they are trying to, you know, hire an offensive play caller, right? Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator, and play more of a modern style offense. That's sort of what it seems like. Derek Henry might be on the outs as well. It seems that they want to build a more modern offense. So to me, even if Callahan's, I'm not expecting them to be top five in neutral pass rate next year, but I'm expecting them not to be dead last like the Titans have been over the last, you know, four or five years in Tennessee. So that is really exciting across the board as well. We have pass rate over expectation data, which isn't just early downs. You can see across the board green numbers, which means they are passing the ball over expectation in all scenarios. So to put in summary, I don't think Hopkins is washed. The offense should improve. He's super, super cheap as a vet wide receiver. And I think that this offense is going to pass more. And with the uncertainty of what Will Levis can become, you have the kind of like compounded upside of pass volume and then also efficiency if Will Levis takes that step forward. So that's something to be really excited about. Hopkins, I think, is a really easy player to buy for the cheap. We go over to Fantasy Calc, and this is where we're at here. Uh, Hopkins in a second for a first. If it was like a late, if it was like the 112, I would debate that. Um, to be honest, I was expecting cheaper prices than this. Like a third for Hopkins, of course. Uh, a second for Hopkins, I would do. Uh, like a mid to late seconds, what I'd be looking for Thielen in a third, I would do that all day, but I don't think that that's actually a real deal. Again, any second, like a 25 second for Hopkins, I would, uh, sadly at this point in time, if I'm a contending team, I don't hate Mims for Hopkins. Uh, I don't know that Mims is going to be anybody in the league. I don't hate as well. I don't hate Pickens for Hopkins in a first at all. Uh, if that's something I could do, I'd probably prefer a 25 first. Cause I'm going to assume that this 24 first is outside of the top seven picks. Judy for Hopkins crazy it is i think i would prefer hopkins over judy at this point demario douglas or hopkins i would prefer hopkins again any second any third key and mitchell for hopkins i would as well uh hamler and junk for hopkins like these are you know what i mean like 25 second for a third and hopkins like he's really not all that expensive uh deandre hopkins now another wide receiver in the exact same uh breath as deandre hopkins is keenan allen Right, I had to show you guys. We're gonna do a couple of dusty vets here, but with Keenan Allen, I think you'd be shocked at how high he is in redraft. He is 35.6. He is the 312 right now. Is the wide receiver 23? Massive gap in dynasty where he is the 83rd ranked player on fantasy calc as the wide receiver 34. So that's like a 50 rank gap between dynasty and redraft. For the three, you can get not virtually free, but on the low, you can get the three twelve and redraft. I think you're kind of dumb not to. Now, I get it. 
People are not stoked about Greg Roman, right? He has a run-first philosophy, but you also had Lamar Jackson. When you have a run-first philosophy on top of having Lamar Jackson, his scrambles are just going to make your team be one of the lowest passing volume teams in the NFL. We do have data that once Tyler, there was one year where Tyler Huntley came in, I believe it was 2021, uh, and Greg Roman actually passed the ball a good bit in that year. And when we have Justin Herbert, a guy who can actually throw the ball, and Harbaugh, who is just absolutely drooling over what Herbert can do, I don't think that Greg Roman is going to make this a team that passes the ball at a bottom five rate. It's probably going to be somewhere in the, it's like, I, I would, if I had to guess, it'd be like 21st in pass attempts. But to me, I think that's going to be fine. Herbert's going to be able to pass the ball. And I don't think that's that's going to, like, make Keenan Allen unplayable in fantasy, right? Like, the, the market's already telling us that's not the case. Which, by the way, this underdog market here, he's getting drafted ahead of Devontae Smith, Waddle, Cooper Cup, Drake London, T. Higgins, Zay Flowers. I mean, those are good receivers people are drafting Keenan Allen over. And honestly, for good reason. Now, first, I wanted to show you guys this Marquise Brown year. Uh, 2022 and before, he played with Greg Roman. Uh, in 2021, he had 145 targets and finished as a top 24 wide receiver. That's what we're hoping from from Keenan Allen, and that was in a year that wasn't even Lamar's MVP season. So I do think that Keenan Allen can thrive in this offense and be just fine. And I think people are overblowing his injury history and his age a little bit. This is a guy who played 13 games last year. 13 is a pretty good amount, right? Like he only missed four games. Before that, he missed seven. Uh, but it's not like he's missing, like he's not having season ending injuries. It's going to be a risk with him, but to me, it's already fully priced in where you're buying him in dynasty for again, not free, but super, super cheap. And on top of that, he actually had his best point per game season ever last year. And like a down year for the Chargers, which is crazy at 21.5 points per game as the wide receiver three this year, he's played 10 or more games in every season since 2017. I think he's going to age well out of the slot as well, where he's not going like, you know, you can play well in the slot. We saw with Larry Fitzgerald for a while too. Keenan Allen, to me, I think someone who's going to just keep on scoring fantasy points until the wheels fall off. And to me, I think that makes him a great buy, especially right now with the Greg Roman stuff. And Keenan Allen is still, I, I think that there's a lot of bias towards the end of the football season where Keenan Allen was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But people don't forget, like the first 12 weeks, Keenan Allen was a top three fantasy wide receiver. Uh, so... I have a hard time saying that he is washed or can't do it anymore. I think a lot of those Chargers kind of quit on the season as well, you know, once Herbert was out of it and things. But I have no issue uh, buying into Keenan Allen for the cheap. Now, with these vets, like, you could maybe even wait until we get closer to rookie drafts and they're sort of more out of sight, out of mind. But I think even right now, uh, you can still buy Christian, uh, or not Christian Watson, but Keenan Allen for the cheap. Now, we look at what he's going for on Fantasy Calc here. I don't love a ton of these. This one, I mean, come on, man. Hendon Hooker in a second for Keenan Allen. Anything that's involving a second for Keenan Allen, I would do that all day long. Fryermuth in a second for Keenan Allen and Jake Ferguson. I mean, yes. I would have Ferguson and Fryermuth. Uh, I would probably prefer Fryermuth in Dynasty, but they're like same tier for me. A second and two thirds. I mean, uh, yes. Uh, what else? Shakur in a fourth and a third. Yeah, I would do that. Shakur in a third for Keenan Allen. I would do that as well. Get out on Travis Kelsey for Kyle Pitts. I don't love that one. I'm going to be honest. I don't love that one. If I could, no. I think I would do a mid to late second for Keenan Allen. Warren for Keenan Allen, I don't hate. Uh, I wouldn't do Burst in a second, but a second and third I'd have no issue with as well. Now, these are just ideas, right? Because, like, Stephon Diggs for Keenan Allen, that's obviously not happening most places. But just sort of showing you guys some things that make some sense. I wouldn't mind as well. A JS, if I could do JSN for Keenan Allen and the first, I would. I don't know if that's on the table. 
Uh, and I don't really even think that JSN's like the ma most the biggest sell in the world. He's somebody that I would be fine selling though for a price like that. Now our last player in our five must buy players in dynasty. This ran long. I have I I have people go back and forth on the lengths of these videos. Let me know how you guys feel about the length. Some people are like, dude, this is way too long. Some people are like, Ron, we like the deep dives. I know in other Discord, my content was brought up. Uh, I don't think it personally, but my content was brought up and it was like, my God, like this guy's taking uh, an hour, 15 minutes to go through. It was my 2023 or 2024 rookie mock draft where I spent like maybe 10 minutes on Caleb Williams. They were not happy. Um, but I don't really care. I did a lot of research. I have like nine pages of notes. You're going to get the entire experience here. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This last buy is not with the theme of the rest of the video. All right. This has nothing to do with underdog rankings. But somebody that I think is just misvalued across the board, someone that I keep drafting on underdog, someone that um, I would like to acquire in Dynasty is Khalil Herbert. His underdog rank is 143 as the 43rd running back. He's more expensive in Dynasty, uh, rightfully so, 127th as the RB38. Not really a big discrepancy, but I think that he's a buy in all formats. Now, he is the best running back in Chicago at this point. We have data to back that up. This is from that PFF uh, rushing yards over expected. And we just look at the backfields here. He led the backfield rushing yards over expected. He, he led the backfield in yards per carry. He led the backfield in EPA per rush. Across the board, he was the best running back for this team. He was banged up. You have Justin Fields taking carries. You have the other running backs in this backfield taking carries. But in 2024, the only running backs under contract at this point are Khalil Herbert, and they are Roshan Johnson. Now, I could see this easily sort of being a split similar to the Kenneth Walker-Zach Charbonnet split where Khalil Herbert's between the tackles, efficient runner, and you have uh, Roshan Johnson as like that bigger all-purpose uh, pass catching back on, on passing downs. And I think for what the price you're paying for with Khalil Herbert, I think that's going to work pretty dang well. Now, with that screenshot from before, not even just versus teammates, he also does well here. Rush yards are expected on EPA. He is verifiably a good running back. Now, they bring in Shane Waldron, who was with Seattle 2021 to 2023, and why I bring up Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker but his offense over those three years or two years, he had the 10th best EPA per play offense, 7th best EPA per rush, 12th best EPA per drop back, 13th success rate, 10th neutral pass rate, tied for 5th neutral pace. So this is an up-tempo, pass-first, but very efficient run offense. And that's what's very exciting about Shane Waldron, what he's going to bring to this offense, because it's much better than what Luke Etsy was doing before. And on top of that, you probably have Justin Fields gone, Caleb Williams or Drake May in, more of a pocket passer, which should feed more fantasy points to the running back position. I think Khalil Herbert is vastly underrated at this point. Now let's see what he's trading for. Cause I would assume I, I can't, I can't imagine it's that uh, all that expensive to buy Khalil Herbert in dynasty right now. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I mean, come on guys, third and fourth, third and fourth. Yes. Uh, late second. I would late second. I would any, any third. I would uh, Cedric Tillman in a third. Yes. Third for Khalil Herbert. Yes. Now this isn't, I'm not saying go out, Find track down Khalil Herbert, send the second frame. That's not what I'm saying. If you can kind of poke and prod with a third, or if you can do like a second for Khalil Herbert and a third or something like that. But I also like just, you know, if you have a big deal, uh, <laughs> like I'm trying to find one here. But if you have a big deal, slip them in the back, right? Like a, a first for Jordan Love. If you have something like that, slip a little Khalil Herbert on top. Like if you can, if you get a deal in, and you can counter, and you want to just put a little bit of an extra, because like, Khalil Herbert's not going to make or break a deal, right? But if you have something sitting in your inbox, and you're like, man, I like a little bit more, 
go go scroll down see if he has Khalil Herbert and just add him on the back end because again he's not trading for anything crazy but for like a third or like a late second or something of that value um he is a very nice cheap get because we do like these hero RB teams where we can just kind of file through the hot running back off of the bench I think that Khalil Herbert can still be that guy in 2024 now that is going to do it for us today again make sure you check out all of the stuff the underdog has going on little bit a little bit rusty uh here on the ones and twos but uh yeah we have make sure you check it out underdog fantasy they are airdropping over they're airdropping a million dollars across every account all you need is a verified underdog account so even if you're not new they will if you are new you, they will and if you are new make sure you use promo code ron they'll match your first deposit up to 100 dollars. get in on the big game they have a bunch of stuff going for sunday whether it's promos whether it's uh higher lowers whether it's drafts all of that check it all out if you're new Promo code Ron, they will give you a special here, 0.5 total yards higher Patrick Mahomes to get you a nice little freebie on your pick'em slip for the big game. So with all that being said, links to all that will be down below in the description and the comment section down below. Hope you guys like this video. I do enjoy making Dynasty content. It did feel fresh to just sort of like do a deep dive on all of these guys. Maybe I ran too long, who knows, but excited to get back into the swing of things here. Uh, we're going to have more dynasty content coming up. Let me know what you guys want to see. You guys want to see like rookie deep dives. You want to see mock drafts. You want to see rankings. What do you want? Let me know in the comments down below. Let me know if you could pick one video for me to come out with and drop next week. What would it be? As always, I appreciate you guys and I will see y'all in the next one. Stones, uh, like this froze, uh, ice cold, uh, oh, oh, uh, ice around my body like I'm